In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, people accused St. Paul with two main accusations. Number one, he is not a true apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ because he did not see the Lord Jesus Christ during his life on earth. He was not one of the twelve or one of the seventy-two. And the second accusation that he is breaking the law of Moses and violating the law of Moses. Like, for example, he was against circumcision. He was against the works of the law. And he taught no justification by the works of the law. So these are the main accusation against St. Paul. That's why many times St. Paul tried to defend, not defend his, himself as a person, but to defend his ministry. Because if he did not defend his ministry, then all the churches that he established, all the teaching that he was doing will be invalid. That's why many times he spoke about how he saw the Lord Jesus Christ on the, door, on the road to Damascus, and the Lord gave him a certain message, and he sent him like he sent the rest of the apostles. And also he used to compare between the old covenant and the new covenant because they were attacking him uh, as a blasphemer of the law of Moses. He's breaking the law of Moses. So he used to compare between old covenant and new covenant. One of the beautiful chapters in which he compared between the old covenant service or ministry and the new covenant ministry is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That's the chapter we will study tonight. And he made seven differences between the old covenant ministry and the new covenant ministry. But we as Sunday school servant, what we are going to benefit from it? Number one, we will know the honor and the glory that, as St. Paul said, God made us sufficient to be a servant of the new covenant uh, ministry. And we are not worthy, but as St. Paul said, God actually made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant. So we appreciate this trust, we appreciate this honor that God gave to us, although we are not worthy. Also, understanding that our ministry will actually will be reflected in how we preach. Sometimes we are preaching a message of condemnation, but the new covenant is a message of liberation, is a message of freedom, not a message of justification, not message of condemnation. So understanding our ministry, God sent us to, to say to the people, you are called to be free, you are called to be righteous, you are holy, not to tell them that you are condemned and there is no salvation for you. Big difference between this and that. So let's start from verse 1. St. Paul saying to the people at Corinth, 
do we begin again to commend ourselves? Do I need with you in Corinth after I established your church, after I served among you, do I need again to commend myself, to defend my ministry, to tell you I'm a true apostle, to tell you about the ministry of the new covenant? Or do we need as some others epistles or letters of commendation to you? Some false teachers, when they went to uh, Corinth, they tried to bring letter of recommendation in order to go and preach there. For St. Paul alone, do I need to bring letter of commendation like these false teachers in order just to accept me? In fact, actually, if somebody will write a letter of recommendation, you are the one you should write it because you witnessed my ministry among you. Or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? What makes sense actually and then to, you write the letter of commendation to us because you witnessed my ministry. Even if you don't write any letter of, of recommendation, you are our epistle. You are the children of Abuna. So you actually reflect the ministry of Abuna here. The parishioners reflect the ministry of their priest. So in the same way, St. Paul is telling them, you are my epistle. When the people see you, they will know how much effort I put among you. They will evaluate my service by your uh, fruit. Our children, our classes also reflect our ministry. So if you want actually to uh, evaluate your ministry, look at your children. Look at their standard. Look at their spirituality. This will tell you how much you put effort and zeal into their service. You are our epistle, written in our hearts, because a true Sunday school servant, a true priest, a true bishop, carry his people in his heart. If anybody stumbles, I am the one who is stumbling. And if anybody stands, I am the one who is standing. As St. Paul said, who is weak and I will not be weak. So the true servant carry his people in his heart. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. So the people, when they see you, they will say, oh, these are the children of St. Paul. So they are, you are known and read by all men. Unless somebody misunderstand that St. Paul is taking the glory from God and saying his are, these people are his children, so in verse 3 he elaborated. And in reality, actually, I am a tool, I am a pen in the hand of Christ. But in reality, clearly you are an epistle of Christ.
So in reality, you are not my epistle because I am just telling you what Christ asked me to tell you. يعني أبونا or the bishop or the apostle tell you what Christ actually want to convey to you. So we are just the tools. We are a pen in the hand of God. But who is writing? It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who is writing. We are just pens. عشان كده قال clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us. Served by us. We are tools in the hand of God. But written not with ink but by the Spirit of the living God. So the Spirit of the living God using us, the servant, to write his word in the hearts of our children. You are Sunday school servants. You are tools in the hand of God. The Holy Spirit is holding you. And by you, he is writing in the heart of the children the word of God. Ashkida is not written by ink. Not on tablet of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. He started to compare between the old covenant ministry and the new covenant ministry. Why God wrote the Ten Commandments on two tablets of stones? The stones here represent the hardness of heart. Their heart were hardened. But in the new covenant, the era of grace, the grace of God transformed our hearts from hardened hearts to hearts of flesh. So what is the difference? Tarfin, the word of God, is like a sword. When you have a piece of stone and then you shoot a sword on the piece of stone, it will be broken. But if you have a piece of flesh and you shoot a sword on the piece of flesh, it will pierce. So, Our heart in the Old Covenant, because of the absence of grace, then our heart like stone. So the Word of God was broken. Nobody was able to give the Word of God. But now in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit changed our heart, as we read in Jeremiah. No, in Ezekiel. I will remove the heart of stone, and I will give you heart of flesh. That's why we read in the book of Acts several times when they heard they were pierced in their hearts because now the heart is heart of flesh. So you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us written not with ink but by the spirit of the living God not on tablets of stone but on tablet of flesh that is of the heart. And we have such a trust through Christ toward God. So, after the fall of Adam and Eve, we don't have any boldness before God the Father. There was enmity between us and God the Father. There was a veil between us and God the Father. But now in the new covenant, through Christ, who reconciled us with God the Father and reconciled us with one another, Now we have this confidence, we have this trust toward God the Father through Christ. So Christ is the only door through whom we can have access to God the Father. That's another privilege in the new covenant. In the old covenant, 
there was a veil between the people and God the Father. But in the new covenant, we have trust toward God the Father. We have confidence. We can call him our Father who art in heaven. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have such a trust toward God the Father through Christ. This trust or this sufficiency in ministry did not come from ourselves. Verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. Don't say, I know how to preach. I am excellent in visitation. I am good in dealing with the youth. I am uh, very active in activities with Sunday school. No. Our sufficiency is from God. We are sufficient, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. If you understand this before I preach, I should ask God to put words in my mouth. If I understand this before visitation, I should ask God to be with me before any activity, because I'm not sufficient. My sufficiency is from God. Not only that, but God in his humbleness, in his uh, mercy, in his love, he made us sufficient to be ministers, verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the old covenant. And now from verse 6, he will mention seven points between the old covenant ministry and the new covenant ministry to see the glory, how God entrusted us with such wonderful ministry. The first difference, not of the letter, but of the spirit. What does it mean, not of the letter, but of the spirit? Old covenant ministry, just letters on the tablet of stone. Thou shall not murder. Thou shall not commit adultery. Honor your father and mother. Letters. Letters have no power to transform my heart. Have no power to make me able to obey the commandment. Just I'm giving you instruction, don't do this. But the word has no power to transform you. But in the new covenant, these letters are uh, anointed by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God accompany each letter. So in the new covenant, when God tell me, thou shall not murder, thou shall not commit adultery, these are not letters. It is the Spirit of God. The Word of God sharper than two-edged sword that will pierce my heart and give me the ability to keep the commandment. Big difference. In the Old Testament, I have a list of commandments, but I cannot do it because I don't have the Spirit of God. I don't have the grace. But in the New Covenant, each commandment, is inspired and anointed by the Holy Spirit, meaning the Spirit can give me the ability to keep the commandment. Ashkede St. John L. And we know his commandments are not burdensome. Not because now we became powerful 
but because now we have the grace of God that will help me to keep the commandment. In the new covenant, he elevated the commandment to a higher level. You have now the spirit. In the past, thou shalt not commit adultery. But now, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you already committed adultery in your heart. Why God took it to a higher level? Because I have the spirit. So our, can fill the Old Testament, any preacher, you allow him, do this, but they cannot do it. But now in the New Testament, when I tell the people, do this, I know that through the Spirit of God, they are able to do it. You can do it. I can do all things in Jesus Christ who strengthened me. And by the way, when we speak about the inspiration, the inspiration did not stop by inspiring the writers of the scripture. But the inspiration means until now, when we read the word of God, the Holy Spirit accompany each single word and pierce my heart, transform my heart, give me the ability to keep the commandment of God. So now actually, I am preaching a doable commandment, not in the Old Testament, I am preaching impossible commandment. People cannot do it. That's the first difference. The second, second difference, he said, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What does it mean, the letter kills? Many times we misinterpret this verse. Some people, they misinterpret this verse as if we are against the literal interpretation of the scripture. No, letter kills. No, this is not the right uh, interpretation of the verse. In the Old Covenant, the letter, thou shalt not murder. So if you kill, you are under the sentence of death. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But you cannot do it because you don't have the Spirit of God. You don't have the grace. Then you are under the sentence of death. So the Old Covenant ministry was a ministry of death. Everybody was under the sentence of death. That's why everybody went to Hades until Jesus actually set them free and transferred them to the paradise of joy. So, if I am a servant preaching to the people death, giving them impossible commandment, and I tell them, if you don't do it, you will die. And nobody was able to do it, so every, everyone died at the end. But now, in the new covenant, it is a ministry of life. Because the Spirit gives life. When I am preaching and telling you about commandment, through the Spirit of God you can do it. Even if you break the commandment through repentance and confession and communion, you will be forgiven. So I am preaching now life. If I send you with a message to somebody to tell him, you will be executed. You are under death penalty. Or if I send you to a person under death penalty to tell him you're free, the death penalty is removed from you, which actually ministry will be more joyful? Which one will make you more motivated? The first one or the second one? Definitely the second one. So in the new covenant, we are preaching a ministry of life, not ministry of death. Verse 7, 
But if the ministry of death, that's the old covenant ministry, because you are preaching death, you are condemned. Written and engraved on stones, and I explained this, just letters on stones, stony heart, was glorious. So, if the ministry of death was glorious, to the extent that Moses, when descended from the mountain, his face was shining, and he was, people could not look at his face, and has to put a veil, so the people could, cannot behold his face. So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. So, the old covenant ministry was glorious. How much exceeding glory will be the new covenant ministry? Which glory was passing away? And this glory was passing away. So, another two differences. Our difference, letter versus spirit. Second difference, death versus life. Third difference, uh, glory versus excellent glory. The old covenant was glorious, but the glory was like a candle. But the new covenant ministry, exceeding glory, like the sun. The candle and the sun. This glory, number four, was passing away. It faded. But the other glory is remaining. The glory of the new covenant is eternal. If the old covenant ministry, the ministry of this was glorious, verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? We are entrusted for the more glorious, the exceedingly glorious ministry. Number five. The fifth difference. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, he called it ministry of condemnation, because at the end you are condemned in the old covenant. Because I tell you commandment, you will not be able to do it, then you are condemned. So the ministry of the old covenant is ministry of condemnation, had glory. The ministry of righteousness, now you are right, now you are justified exceeds much more in glory. So the first, fifth difference, ministry of condemnation versus ministry of righteousness. I want to differentiate between righteousness or justification and sanctification, because sometimes we confuse both of them. Righteousness or justification means all the charges against you are dropped. Because if the charges against you are not dropped, then you are condemned. In the old covenant, all of us were condemned. Because who took the charges? Nobody. But in the new covenant, Jesus took the charges instead of us. Took the penalty instead of us. So all these charges were dropped. Then we become justified. Because somebody else took the penalty instead of me. So now I am righteous. Righteous means I have nothing wrong in me. Because Jesus took whatever is wrong 
and put it on him. So I became justified. I became righteous. But that is to remove all the charges. Sanctification is to make you holy, is to make you temple of God, is to make you body of Christ. So justification or righteousness is to drop the charges. Sanctification is to make you uh, holy, to make you in the likeness of God. So first difference, letter versus spirit, death versus life. Glory, various exceeding glory. Passing away, various per, uh, versus permanent. Condemnation versus righteousness. Verse 10. For even what was made glory, the old covenant ministry that was made glory, had no glory in this respect. Now is not glorious anymore if you compare it with the exceeding glory. Like the candle, if I have now, it's dark when I lit a candle. Once the sun starts to shine, this candle has no glory in this respect. We cannot see it. For even what was made glorious in the old covenant, now has no glory in this respect. Why? Because of the glory that excels. Because of the glory of the new covenant that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, that's the minister of old covenant passing away. What remains is much more glorious, is much more glorious. Of course, when you know that you are preaching life, preaching righteousness, preaching exceeding glory, preaching spirit, preaching eternal glory, are you going to be are you going to be motivated or not to go and preach? Verse 12, we will, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. I am not shaky. I am not afraid. I'm not reluctant. If I'm going to say to somebody, you are under the penalty of death, I'll be reluctant. But if I'm going to preach freedom, righteousness, life, then I have so much boldness of speech. If we are not motivated, then we don't understand our ministry. But if we understand our ministry and the hope that we have, we'll be very motivated to go and preach the people liberty. In Luke chapter 4, a quote from... Uh, the book of Isaiah, when the Lord entered into the temple and they gave him uh, to read from Isaiah, Fabiuli, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach what? To preach the gospel to the poor, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That is the essence of our ministry. If we understand this, then actually we'll be very motivated to uh, preach and, and to have boldness of speech. Unfortunately, until now, some of us, when we preach, we preach condemnation. People leave from the church, feel they are condemned. Uh, they doubt their salvation. 
I'm going to be safe, I'm going to heaven or not. We make people feel they are not accepted, not saved, not loved. But this is not the minister of the new covenant. The minister of the new covenant is a minister of righteousness, ministry of glory, ministry of freedom, ministry of the spirit. Yes, you have a role. We are different than Protestant. You believe you are saved. No, I don't mean this. But you need actually to explain to the people, Jesus came to set you free. All what you need, just accept him, be a disciple, follow him, and you will, you will enjoy all these blessings of the new covenant. The first, sixth difference, old covenant ministry was a veiled ministry, but in the new covenant, unveiled ministry. Verse 13, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So the veil has a symbol. Veil means as if my eyes are blind. I cannot see the true glory of God. My ears are not circumcised. So I cannot listen the true word of God. I, there is a veil. Ashankida, he elaborated more about the veil in verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. They read, behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we call him Emmanuel. But because of the veil, they don't see this fulfilled in the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The veil remains until today. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. When the people believe in Christ, the veil will be removed. In the same way, whoever, why we preach to the people, important to be Christian, important to believe in Christ. Some people say, just preach the virtues. Uh, It doesn't matter whether uh, he believes in Christ or not. As long as there are principles of morality, some people, they ask, we know people don't believe in Christ, but they are good, they are morally good. Are they going to be saved? Actually, the veil is removed only in Christ. Without Christ, they, they will be condemned. All this list, the uh, ministry of letter, ministry of condemnation, ministry of death, ministry of uh, that's passing away, ministry of uh, glory uh, that's not excellent. That, the, veil, the veil is only removed in Christ. When the person believes in Christ, he can actually see the glory of God. And here when we speak about belief, I'm speaking about the the faith that is active in love, not the theoretical faith like Satan and the demons, the demon believe and tremble. So some of us until now, when we read the scripture, the scripture is veiled. Why? Because our faith is not a living faith. But if your faith is a living faith, then the veil will be removed. When you read the scripture, 
you will discover the treasures in the scripture because now the veil is removed in Christ. Verse 15, but even to this day, when Moses is read, when the Old Testament is read, a veil lies on their heart. The veil is still there on their heart. But nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The veil is removed to Christ and one, when one returns to the Lord. I can be a believer in Christ, but living in sin. So once I live in sin, the veil will come back. But when I return in repentance to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Our ministry, return to the Lord, so the Lord will return to you. That's our ministry. Many people say, I don't feel God. I don't see God. I don't hear God. Yes, because I am away from God. This veil will be removed when one returns to Christ. When one returns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The seventh difference. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. When you return to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to the Holy Trinity, then the veil will be removed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So in the Old Testament bondage, but in the New Covenant, it's a minister of liberty. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. But in the New Covenant, God will give you the power to overcome sin. If the Son set you free, you are free. So it's a ministry of liberty, ministry of freedom. You're free. You are not under bondage. Uh, I cannot quit this habit. I cannot overcome this habit because he did not return to the Lord. But when he returned to the Lord, where the Lord is, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit is, there is liberty. So if you return to the Lord, no bad habit will control you. You will be free and you can overcome any bad habit. There is no bondage in the Lord. Ashkeda, the conclusion, last verse is the beautiful verse. They summarize our new covenant ministry. But we all, the believers, the repentant who return to the Lord, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. With unveiled face. Are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory. Same image of me, image of the Son of God. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So he went to the beach, but dressed completely, veiled, covered his face, and sat in sun 10 hours. Do you think he will get any sun tan? No. In the same way, if he removed the veil, then he will be transformed. And the more he stays in the sun, the more the sun will change him 
and transform him. That is the idea here. Stand before the Lord with unveiled face. Meaning, disclose all your weakness or your vulnerability before God. That's what we do in confession. I stand before the Lord naked in my spirit, in my soul. Expose all my weakness. Expose all my vulnerability. Expose all my filthiness before God. Then what will happen? This glory of God will transform me, will remove what is bad, and will give me what is holy, the process of sanctification. So I'll be transformed from to the same image, to the image of Christ, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And who is doing this? The Spirit of the Lord. And if I stay before God five seconds, then the process of transformation will not be enough. But if you stay before the Lord longer and longer, then the transformation will be faster and faster. And I will get the image of God faster in my life. That's why, Masaran, we hear about Christ like Saint Misael. He reached this very, very high level of spirituality at age of 17. How come? Because he exposed himself with unveiled face before God for a very, very long time. Now the idea of long time before God then is not acceptable. I want just 25 minutes liturgy, five minutes prayer. Just went things very quickly. How, how the Spirit of the Lord will transform you? How you will get this sun tan if you stay only five seconds in the sun and then you run away, even with unveiled face? You cannot. So that's why the church can under visuals, seven prayers every day, long liturgies. Because the church wants to be in the presence of God for a longer time in order for this transformation process to happen. So we'll be transformed from glory to glory just as the, just from, uh, as from the Spirit of the Lord. To give the Holy Spirit work, time to work in me, to change me, to change me into the same image. So this is actually the honor of our ministry. This is what, what actually we are preaching. It is, if we review the seven point, ministry of letter versus ministry of spirit, ministry of death versus ministry of life, ministry of glory versus ministry of exceeding glory, ministry that's passing away, ministry that remains, Ministry of Condemnation, Ministry of Righteousness, Ministry of Veiled Face, Ministry of Unveiled Face, Ministry of Bondage, and Ministry of Liberty. This is the ministry that God actually made us sufficient to be ministers of the New Covenant. If we understand our ministry, we will be motivated, we will have boldness of speech, and also our message will be the right message to the people. We'll not give them message of condemnation or message of slavery. Rather, 
will give them the message of righteousness, message of freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ, message of eternal life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.